coverage you can count on. This is WTVM News Leader 9, celebrating 65 years. Sponsored by Montlake and Associates. Good evening. Welcome to News Leader 9 at 11. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Well, Birmingham police say they are leaving no stone unturned as they work overtime to try and find a little girl known as Cupcake missing now for four days. Several reward funds have been set up for information to help find three-year-old Camille McKinney, who police say was kidnapped Saturday night outside a Birmingham housing community. The reward fund has now grown to $25,000 and law enforcement officials say they're working a number of leads in the case to say they're now working against the clock. We believe that you know where she is and we believe that someone has her. Please bring this to a safe end and place her back into the arms of her family and law enforcement. Two persons of interest have been taken into police custody, but authorities say so far they've gained no information on where the child may be. And when our smartphones suddenly start ringing loud with a notification of an Amber Alert like it did in the case of little Camille, it is a warning to you that a child has gone missing. Columbus police say there is a process to it all, a process that helps save many children. News Center Eyes, Maya Johnson joins us live tonight from the Columbus Public Safety Building. And Maya, I know you talk with police and parents about the importance of getting these alerts out and how they decide when to activate one, right? Well, Barbara, that's right. There is a process for police and GBI to figure out if an AM alert is necessary when a child goes missing. And if it is, police say time is of the essence to make sure a child is returned home safely. It's that sound you hear on your smartphones after an Amber Alert has been issued in your state and can be issued across state lines when a child goes missing. Lieutenant Joe Weatherford with CPD Special Victims Unit says there is a difference in determining Amber Alerts versus a missing person. And as a general rule on Amber Alerts, it'll involve a non-custodial abduction that um, there are, there's evidence, you know, that, you know, the child is in imminent danger. In recent news, an Amber Alert was sent out for three-year-old Camille McKinney from Birmingham, Alabama, who police say was kidnapped at a birthday party. Parents with children about the same age say they just couldn't imagine. Yeah, my children are six and five, two girls, and you know, little kids are the is like the most target. Why? I have no idea, but you know, my kids are my world. Without my children, I feel really incomplete. Lieutenant Weatherford says the time frame for getting Amber Alerts out can become crucial and it's important to contact police as soon as you know your child is missing. A lot of times parents will wait and search and search and talk and call and, you know, call different people and try to determine. Parents tell me they agree. I think just having more people being aware of the situation and being alert and knowing what's going on. I've heard that they help a lot. I mean, that's a lot, you know, that's a lot of eyes that are in that it's getting in front of. Lieutenant Weatherford says this could happen to any parent, and if it happens to you, it doesn't make you a bad parent. You know, children will, you know, wander off, and you know, sometimes, you know, parents, all it takes is a second. Now, for an Amber Alert, you must be 17 years or younger, and to be considered a critically missing person, you must be 11 years or younger. Reporting live in Columbus, 
Maya Johnson for News Leader 9. This little girl out of Birmingham touching so many people, everybody praying for her safe return. Maya, thank you so much for the live report. Well, turning out to our weather, already seeing some big changes tonight. Some uh, cooler temperatures. Uh, you can definitely feel it out there as it's settling in. Uh, coming just in time for the Greater Columbus Fair, which opens tomorrow at the Columbus Civic Center. Yeah, tonight crews are busy putting the finishing touches on everything for tomorrow's opening. And you might want to keep a jacket with you for the morning and the evening hours. Let's get the details. Here's Chief Meteorologist Derek Kincaid. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll break down the fair forecast for you here a little bit later in the show. But uh, how about what's going on tonight? Macon 58, Atlanta 56, Montgomery 59 and 61 here in the Fountain City. That cooler air continuing to move on in. And how about the big change from just 24 hours ago? Many places around here about uh, 10 to 15 degrees cooler now compared to this time yesterday. And that air is only going to get cooler tonight. Now our, we are looking at a few clouds on the satellite and radar view. High thin clouds they are filtering the moonlight a little bit tonight, but they're not providing any rain for us. The air is dry and it should stay that way too. Here's how tomorrow looks for us early on. How about the 40s when we start the day? You need the jackets as you're getting out to school and work, and we're going to tell you more about the rest of the week and the weekend too here in a bit, guys. All right, Derek, thank you. Tonight, a man behind bars for the Mellon Street double murder from nearly two months ago in Columbus. Today, officers arresting 37-year-old Earl Johnson for the shooting deaths of Lamonte Muff and Latrey Buchanan on August 25th at a Mellon Street apartment complex. Investigators tell us Johnson's also responsible for shooting and injuring Joshua Brown moments later near Elizabeth Candy Homes. Investigators confirm both shootings were in fact connected. Johnson is in the Muskogee County Jail facing two counts of murder and one count of aggravated assault. His preliminary hearing scheduled for this Friday morning at 9 in Recorder's Court. As we continue to see Columbus police get, try to get answers in this wave of crime, the Muskogee County Marshal's Office, they're planning to lead a charge to help cut down the crime. It's through what they're calling death by another name. It's a collection of local pastors, city officials, teachers, and other community members coming together to continue the conversation about what can be done to stop the violence. They want to stop the senseless shootings and prevent parents from having to bury their children. A former gang member turned minister, Norman Quarles, is rallying behind the concept. People need an opportunity. People deserve a second chance. I myself got a second and third chance. Like I said, I'm a three-time convicted felon. I've been to prison three times and God pulled me out. I had an opportunity to change my life. 75% of the young men that I talk to in the streets, they always tell me that, look, if I had a, something different to do, I would do it. Marshal Greg Countryman says part two of the series begins next month. If you want to be involved in the series, the Marshal's office says you can contact their office to learn more. Ralston Towers residents anxiously awaiting the results of the latest inspection to find out if they will still be able to call the apartment building home. Residents say they're dealing with concerns of cleanliness, broken pipes and lead based paint. Just to name a few, housing and urban development gave the century old building 60 days to improve certain areas or risk losing its Section 8 housing contract, meaning residents are now waiting for their fate. Unsure they will be in the Roston this time next week. We learned that HUD was scheduled to inspect the building at some point today. They've been working hard, but there's some areas that still need to be done. Ceiling tiles have been repaired, you know, there have been major water leaks and they've been working like crazy on that. You have to understand people, this building is 106 years old. 
U.S. Representatives Drew Ferguson and Sanford Bishop say they are anxiously awaiting the results of the inspection as well. The pair toured the apartment building just days after the Ralston was given official notice. You can also find the congressman's full statements and more on this story on our website, WTVM.com. Your traffic court case or car insurance claim could be slowed down if the Georgia State Patrol is involved. The department is still fighting a ransomware attack that happened back in July. The department cannot access any records from before July 26th. Gray TV's Wright Gazaway tells us how else this impacts you. Gray Honda Accord. Charles George William 3860. The work for troopers on the streets has changed a little bit, but they're still working. The assistance that the Department of Public Safety provided never ceased. It just was done in a little bit, uh, like I said, a little more traditional way. Trooper and motor carrier compliance officers have been forced to handwrite the reports since the end of July. The natural question is how does this impact court cases for traffic tickets, DUIs, or wrecks? That decision is up to the prosecutor and judge, but many cases are likely continued without this crucial evidence. We can provide the information that we have, and if a decision is made for a um, a case to be dismissed, that's totally on the court. That's, that's, that's out of our hands once we've um, completed, you know, completed the case. There's no timeline for getting everything back online. Computers and devices of more than 1,500 employees all have to be scanned before that can happen. The last thing we want to happen is for the server to be put back online and something was missed or a device wasn't properly scanned um, or just, you know, got overlooked for some reason. Stalling says troopers are still able to record video and build cases despite the attack. They do ask you to be patient if you're waiting on any records. That was right, Gasway reporting on law enforcement officials tell us it's hard to know just how many crash reports, tickets and arrests this affects. The FBI is investigating the ransomware attack. The department did not pay any fee to get their information back. A Lee County intersection is causing concern for drivers who say the way it's set up is dangerous. This intersection is located at the crossroads of Lee Road 240, 197 and 239. And drivers also say the way those lanes are set up at the intersection caused multiple blind spots. People in the area say accidents happen monthly or more at this particular intersection, ranging from small fender benders to some with major injuries. Collisions after collisions for the past couple years have been some major collisions here, and it just really needs a red light. Now, according to the Lee County Highway Department, they have never received a request to install a light at this intersection. They say if they did receive one of these requests, they would run an analysis to determine if a stoplight is warranted. Well, get your leader hosing ready. Newsletter 9 will be on the road to Oktoberfest. The German-inspired celebration is making its way back to Fort Benning's Uchi Creek Campground. There will be live music, German food, family activities, and of course, a keg tapping. Of course. We'll take you inside all the fun. Be sure to tune in Friday evening, starting on the news at 5. Maybe there'll be some uh, yodelay-hoo. Yodelay-hoo. There you go. There you go. <laughs>